Alrighty, what did I learn today to become a better communicator? Well, there's a lot of weather going on throughout the day today, or I should put that differently. There's a lot of different weather factors to talk about today, but overall, it's not that crazy out. So I'll get into that. So there's a cold front. (laughs) All right, negative things that I do. This is (laughs) first thing that I want to say in the podcast. I think this is a good way to usually start these podcasts. The negative things or the bad habits that I have when speaking, connecting sentences with and buttons. So I already noticed I did a big so earlier. That's what reminded me of this. Low confidence words like sort of, just, really, kind of, or worst of all, like. And then also, (laughs) I just use and to connect those two paragraphs. Finally, starting out paragraphs with the word now. For whatever reason, I've been doing that a lot recently. Now, the reason I like to say this at the beginning of the podcast is I'm trying to develop this new speaking style and listening style, for that matter, where as I'm communicating, I'm not only communicating the ideas that I'm thinking about or listening to the ideas that I'm hearing, I'm also analyzing how I'm communicating or how somebody else is speaking to me. So, so it's two different planes at the same time. You're not only talking about ideas, but you're analyzing how those ideas are being communicated. This is what I've been trying to do in these podcasts, so it's more of a practice where I can hopefully get better. But I'm also trying to do this in every form of communication. I started to get in this habit when I started these podcasts because I'd be talking to people, having interesting conversations with people. I'd be watching podcasts. And I found myself analyzing the conversations to pull out communication lessons that I could talk about during this podcast and that I could bring into my life. The best way to do this is to just see if something hits you, to see if like your reaction to something. For example, I was watching a podcast one time and the person says an opinion and the podcast host pushes back against them just slightly, like asks a follow-up question. And you could tell the person had no depth to the opinion they had so confidently claimed just 30 seconds before. And it immediately made me just kind of, kind of, it made me doubt everything else they had to say. From then on out, I was thinking, all right, does this person just look at the titles of articles or get all their news and information from social media? They memorize the talking points. They, they build their beliefs on shallow research and then they are just good at communicating so they seem confident when they say these things but they don't actually know all that much and they're not actually an expert. I was able to pick all that up from the fact that this person was too confident about a claim that he probably shouldn't have even said. Sometimes it is useful to say information to see how people push back against you, but you shouldn't say it as if you are positive it's true. You should maybe say be saying it as like, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about this. Like, 
how would you respond to this? I also just said like again. Man, the bad habits are killing me. It's also something I've been trying though. When I listen to these podcasts, so I record these podcasts on my drive home. And then I listen to them on my drive to work the next morning. So right off the bat, I'm remembering the lessons I learned the day before. And then I'm also analyzing how I was communicating the day before. Hopefully these podcasts get more and more interesting as I continue because I don't want to be boring myself on my drive to work every single day. And I also don't want to hear me saying, and but so just really like kind of sort of thousands of times. So I'm definitely going to work on that. And hey, I'm the only one listening to these podcasts at this point. So I'm the only one who has to listen to these repetitive phrases that are quite annoying when you pay attention to them. Going back to what I was saying, another example is I subscribe to a number of artificial intelligence newsletters because right now I don't have time to be doing lots of research into artificial intelligence, but I want to know how the field is progressing and I want to stay up to date. So I subscribe to a number of newsletters that in three minutes, they tell me the big advancements that happened in the last day. And I read that every morning. But one of the newsletters that I've subscribed to, and it's a shame because it might be the best one, they occasionally throw in like little political jabs. And it's not even that I'm political. It's more that like that's not what I'm there for. Like I just want to hear information about artificial intelligence. I certainly don't want this person's ideological opinion about some issue. I might even I even agreed with what they were saying today. But it, I I just don't want that in that format. And I also don't want to really hear any ideological opinion. I want nuanced arguments for both sides. But I don't want it from a newsletter about artificial intelligence. It's like little sneaky jabs. And I actually responded to the newsletter because they say, give us feedback. And I said, you know, I love your newsletter, but I get enough of this polarizing political content everywhere else in my life. All I'm really looking for from you is information about artificial intelligence. I don't want your opinion on politics. So what is the lesson that a communicator could pull out from this? Honestly, if like when they're bringing up politics, it is connected to artificial intelligence in some way. They're not just randomly saying something, but they're tying it in with AI, but they're giving their opinion when they say it. I wouldn't mind if they talked about politics and artificial intelligence. It's probably going to have massive implications in the world of politics. But what I'm looking for is information that is true. I want the full story. I don't want just half the story. And if they're coming in with their political opinion, they're only giving me half the story. I might even agree with them, but I also want to hear the counter-arguments. If you're looking for truth, you need to look at both sides and then judge for yourself what you think is right. 
And it's interesting that this bugged me so much when the newsletter did it. But I think if something bugs you, it means it's something that you should pay attention to. So perhaps that's, and a lot of times it's something that you in fact do and you're projecting your own bad qualities onto other people. Sometimes the qualities we dislike the most in others are actually the qualities we dislike the most in ourselves. So are there aspects in my life where I'm providing my opinion when I would be better off providing a nuanced argument? I'd say yes. In my weather forecasting, a lot of times I'll continue to say, oh, it's a nice day. It's beautiful. Oh, it's going to be a good day out there. It's completely based on perspective. And it's not my job to tell people what they should think about the day. It's my job to give them the information of the weather that they can expect and then for them to make up their minds about whether they think it's going to be a good day or not. I'm inserting my opinion where it doesn't belong because that's not what people want from me. They want information about weather. Now, with that being said, they do want my perspective. They want me to say, this is what I think is going to happen. But they don't want me to say, based on what I think is going to happen, it's going to be a great day. You know, it's tempting because you want to be chipper, you want to be in a good mood. But I think as a communicator, it's much more valuable to give people information that you believe to be true than to only provide them with half, half of the story. Because what you need to understand is there are usually both sides to both arguments and you can become more credible as a communicator if you do bring up both sides and you do weigh all the different options. Probably spent more longer on that than I meant to during this podcast, but I think that is an, an important lesson. As a communicator, you want to speak the truth. And the best way to speak the truth is to not only tell people half of a story because you're trying to persuade them or convince them to think the exact same way that you do. I think that's a good place to stop there. So now getting back to my weather forecast, there's a lot going on throughout the day today. There is the chance for rain, even some snow on the central coast, which never happens. And not never, but it's pretty rare. There's high winds, some gusts over 40 miles per hour. There's a freeze warning in place because it's going to be very cold overnight. There's lots going on. And I only have a minute and a half to say it. In my first couple weather forecasts of the day, I went over my allotted time because there was just too much to talk about. The, one of the anchors asked me, do you want us to give you more time? Like, it's a big weather day. But I thought, no, this is a perfect opportunity to, for me to practice being more concise. And, and, I wasn't perfect the rest of the day, but I definitely did improve when it came to being more concise. And I noticed I improved more when I was thinking about being concise before my weather forecast started. If I consciously thought to myself, all right, tell people exactly what they need to know. So instead of saying 
three sentences about each graphic. I was saying the one sentence that summarized the graphic and was exactly what people needed to know. I wasn't talking faster. I was actually talking slower, but I was being more concise and giving them better information. This is the way to go because on those big weather days, I've always noticed I have the tendency to just word vomit and try to say every single thing that the person needs to know. But people actually come away with less when you do that as a communicator. If you actually want people to hear what you're saying and understand what you're saying, you want to chop the top off the iceberg and then give that to them. Take the cream off of the milk and give that to them. Your job as a communicator is to have a giant foundation of knowledge and then take the very top of that, the tip of the knowledge that as the expert, you understand these are the most important, this is the top story, and then provide that to people. That is the service that you're providing as a communicator. You're doing the research and figuring out what's important, making it more concise, and delivering it other people to other people so that they can understand the general idea without having to do all the research themselves, which in some cases would be possible because they might not have the background and experience to even understand that research if they tried. Concise. That's, that was the number one thing I was working on throughout the day today. I was also experimenting with my routine a bit, but before I get into that, I do just want to talk about one other communication thing that happened that I thought was interesting today. In the middle of one of my weather forecasts, so one of my colleagues had brought their dog in today. It's one of those small dogs. And it was in the other room. It's not like it was in the studio or anything. But during one of my weather forecasts, the dog starts barking like crazy. And I'm sure people watching couldn't tell because the barking wasn't probably loud enough for my mic to pick up. But it was extremely distracting as I was trying to be concise about four different warnings that are going on to fit a large amount of information into a minute and 30 seconds. Overall, I reacted well during my forecast. I don't think anybody watching would have noticed. I definitely wasn't able to think about how I was communicating while I was communicating, though. Because I was thinking about the dog while I was communicating. But I was able to just continue talking and, you know, no harm, no foul. But I did notice I had a very high level of annoyance after my weather forecast. Just because I felt it was unprofessional. This is a place of work. There shouldn't be a dog in the place of work reducing the quality of our, the content that we're providing as a service to others. I don't think that was the right way to look at it, though. I think in every instance, you should look at whatever is happening as a challenge. I should have viewed it as this is a challenge to forecast as well as you can and communicate as well as you can with a distraction. It doesn't often happen, so it's actually 
a little bit of an opportunity when some kind of distraction comes up. When something you don't like is messing with you while you're communicating, you should actually view it as an opportunity to practice communicating well even with distractions in place. And then if you overcome that distraction, then you have something to be proud of. And if you don't, if you don't feel like you communicated as well, well, it's low stakes because what can people expect? <laughs> that's, that's how you should view it. Getting back into my routine though. Yesterday was unreal. <laughs> I... Everything that could go wrong was going wrong. My videos took numerous takes. And I learned a lot of good lessons. I'm not going to go over them all now because that would take the rest of this podcast. But the main thing that I was working on throughout the day today was slowing down a little bit. Almost the exact same as while communicating. You can actually say more if you slow down. And you just focus on the things that are most important. And you do it calmly and maybe even a little bit cheerfully. Versus just sprinting and sprinting and sprinting as fast as you can. And saying as many words as you can. Or completing as many tasks on your checklist as you can. The other thing I was working on was yesterday I noticed I didn't take the usual break that I take after the 5 to 7 a.m. news. I usually take a 20-minute break between the cut-ins where I just eat some food. I usually read the AI newsletter. I just take it easy. I also don't hang out with anybody else because I'm an introvert. And I, being with other people, I love it. It's fun. I love joking around. I love learning from other people. But it drains my energy instead of recharging my energy. So I have to just take that 20 minutes after the show. And I noticed I didn't do that yesterday. And it negatively affected me for the rest of the day because I was a little bit worn out. And what was interesting is I actually ended up... You shouldn't say waste time because breaks aren't necessary. But I ended up probably wasting more time in the next two to three cut-ins because I was taking little partial breaks because I was still tired. Whereas today... I took a good long break, I recharged myself, and then I was ready to hit the ground running again. When I did hit the ground running, I focused on the next big lesson. I didn't just jump into doing my video, because the lesson I learned yesterday is, if you just turn the camera on when you haven't done your background research, it actually ends up taking longer, because you don't know what you're talking about. And as you're talking, you might come to the realization that you don't understand the concept as well as you thought. So then you have to stop the video, do a little more research, start the video over again, and then figure out again that you don't still don't really understand the concept. So throughout the cut-ins today, all I really focused on was researching my topic for the day. I was talking about cold fronts and warm fronts. Something that, you know, I probably could just freestyle a video, but when you build up a base of knowledge as a communicator, you increase the pool of phrases and ideas that you can talk about. 
And you also think of it this way. I'm thinking back to my iceberg and milk metaphor there. If you have a hundred people and you try to pick out the best tennis player, that one person is going to be the best tennis player out of those hundred. But if you have a pool of 10,000 people and you pick out the best tennis player, chances are that person is going to beat the person who is picked out of one out of 100, 6060, because it's from a much larger pool. The same is true for when you're communicating ideas. The more ideas that you have and the bigger your foundation of knowledge is, the better the ideas you'll be able to put forward when you skim off the top and choose the most important thing that you want to say, the thing that stood out to you the most, the thing that surprised you the most, that you find the most interesting. The idea you present is going to be more interesting if you're coming from a pool of 10,000 ideas versus 100 ideas. And you're also going to say it more confidently. And even if you say the exact same words, there's something about communicating that people can tell if it's coming from a genuine understanding. I don't know what it is, but if somebody writes something down and then somebody else reads it who is an expert at speaking, they, they might say it really, really well, but if an expert, an actual expert in this topic were to say the same phrase just naturally and spontaneously, it would, it would just hit different. As an audience, you know when someone is speaking from their core, from their heart, they're speaking authentically and genuinely. This ties into what I was also working on with my short form video. So I heard something in an audiobook I'm listening to, Mastery by, I believe his name is Robert Greene. Unbelievable book. It's already becoming one of my favorites of all time. And he said that some famous composer would often study a piano song. I, I don't I don't know anything about music, so I don't really know what you call it. He would study the music score, I think it's called, on paper. And he would almost play it in his head over and over again, really thinking about it and understanding it intellectually before he would even touch the piano. Because then he would actually like understand it. I've been trying the same thing with my short form videos, not calling myself an expert composer, but I've definitely noticed that my short form videos are better if I just spend, just, if I spend 30 minutes thinking about exactly what I want to say and working the different words and phrases and strategies that I want to use to communicate idea over in my head and just over and over and over again and trying to think of more concise ways of saying things and trying to poke holes in what I'm saying, trying to make it more true, just trying to communicate the idea better. Ooh, a little hail just fell down. That was cool. Um, oh, never say um. Broke my flow state, though. What was I saying? So, in my short-form videos, I've been trying to just work the script in my head over and over again, and I notice when I go to communicate, 
the short form video after doing that, only writing the script in my head, it comes off just so much more naturally. It feels like it's coming from my core, from my heart. Feels like it's coming from me. Versus if I were to write the script down and read it, it would be terrible. I mean, it would be terrible to me. Maybe some people like that style, but it would just be inauthentic and it wouldn't it wouldn't be coming from a place of true understanding. And the same is even true when I practice the script out loud. Sometimes I'll just get impatient with this whole creative process where I'm trying to think of the best way to say things. So I'll just say, all right, I'm just going to freestyle it. And I start the camera and I try to say it and I mess up a little bit. So then I think, okay, this would be a better way to say it. I go again, I mess up again, and I do that over and over and over again. But what I find is that when I do that, I'm not actually understanding the concept better. I'm just memorizing what I'm supposed to say. Oh, wow, there's a bunch of hail coming down now. This is cool. Forecast came true. Gotta love that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so just like the piano player studying his sheet on paper and understanding it in his mind before he touched the piano, if you're communicating ideas, you want to, I don't want to say memorize your speech in your mind, but do the editing process in your mind so that it's really just within you and you actually understand it as opposed to writing it down or speaking it out loud and doing the editing process that way. I've definitely found that too. It's one of the most important communication lessons I think I've learned. That's why I have the rule, no writing is allowed. No writing is allowed because at least from my perspective, when I write something down, it's because I don't actually understand it. I'm writing it down so that I can look at it later to remember it. If you need to remember something, it means you probably don't understand it. Because if you understand it, you, you'll remember it without having to look at that piece of paper. Don't know if that makes sense to everyone. And also, it's not true for everyone. Some people find things like journaling or those kind of aspects very helpful. I find it's probably just a matter of how you learn. But my rule of thumb is no writing is allowed. All right, so are there any other big lessons that I learned throughout the day today? I would just say the biggest one was taking it, taking things more slowly. That was the biggest lesson that I learned throughout the day today. And I did still end up staying an hour after the midday show to finish up my short form video. But overall, the entire day was more enjoyable because I wasn't rushing. And the reason I wasn't exactly rushing was because I proved to myself yesterday that I'm not going to quit. When I decide I'm going to make three videos in a day, I'm going to make three videos and I don't care how long it takes. Now, it's interesting that that idea almost freed me up. It freed me up because 
yesterday, I kept battling myself. I kept wondering if I should quit, if I should just pick it up again tomorrow, but then I'd keep sprinting and it was just an exhausting process. Today, I took my time. And one other thing, I I totally lost my flow state because of the hail, which is a bummer. But one other thing that I'm trying throughout the day today is if something pops up as just like a to-do, write it down in the reminders on your phone and then just get to that when you have time. Otherwise, if you have a bunch of to-dos just floating in your head, it gives you just a small level of anxiety and a feeling that there's things that you need to be doing. If you write it down, then just forget about it. Say, okay, it's written down. I don't even need to remember that. Forget it. (laughs) And then I'll pick it up when I have a free moment. Now, this also ties into what I was talking about with routines and how you want to maximize your efficiency. Now, one example, or why should you maximize your efficiency? You want to maximize your efficiency, especially in the things that you don't like doing, so that you have more time for the things that you do like doing. For example, I don't like editing my videos. And what I've been doing in my videos is I take the 10 minute animated video that I'm doing to explain a concept, almost like a whiteboard, and I'm putting that on my short form video. Now at first, so it has to be the same amount of time as the short form video. So what I was doing is I was putting it into video editing software and then I was playing around with the custom speed up option where I'd say, all right, speed up by 500%. And then I'd be like, okay, it's a minute and 30, but I need to get it to 52 seconds. So then I would just randomly put in uh, 610%. And then it would be shorter, closer to the time that I was looking for to match up with the short form video of me talking about the concept. So it's me talking about the concept and then the sped up animated video on top of me for the short form videos. And this process is figuring out how to speed up that long animated video to match the exact amount of time as the one where I'm talking. I used to just have to guess the custom amount of speed up percentage that I needed. And that alone would take five minutes sometimes. But then I paused for a second and I thought, okay, it might take a little extra time today for me to analyze the situation and figure out a better way to do it. But if I figure out a better way to do it today and I take that extra time, then this will be a faster process every day for the next six months, at least Monday through Friday. So by taking a little extra time today, it'll reward me in dividends in the future because I will have maybe, if I figure out how to do it in 30 seconds instead of five minutes, I've now picked up four and a half minutes every single day where I get to do something that I love instead of guessing a speed up percentage on a video. So I paused, I thought, how do I do this better? And I figured out pretty quickly that there's a formula. You just figure out how many seconds the long video is and then divide it by the number of seconds that you want it to be. And it's that simple. And 
and then multiply it by 100. And that is the speed up percentage that you need to match your short form video. All of a sudden, instead of five minutes, it takes maybe 30 seconds. And I have added four and a half minutes per day where I get to, I don't know, read one of the books that I've been reading that I've just been loving and I wish I had more time in the afternoons to read about. This can be true for every fine detail of your routine, especially for the things that you don't like doing. Try to figure out how to do the things you don't like doing as efficiently as possible so you have more time to do the things that you do like doing, especially with the things that you have to do every single day. For example, or just another example, and this is just a really small one. Every single day, after my shift, I take a paper towel, use a little cleaner spray, and I wipe down the weather desk underneath the keyboard, like underneath the mouse pad. No, not underneath the mouse pad. Yeah, yeah, underneath the mouse pad. And then I shift the mouse pad over to the left because the chief meteorologist is a lefty and I would rather I shift it to the left than he does just to save him a little time and make it, I don't know, make it easier for him. I might as well. One sec, I'm just parking real quick. All right. So what I was saying is with this process, I realized that if I pick up the mouse pad and bring it over the keyboard and then move the keyboard over, it takes longer than if I just slide the mouse pad across the desk and lift the keyboard up and over. Like that might save me two to three seconds a day. But if I, if that's something I do every single day, that time adds up. And if I figure out a hundred different aspects of my life where I could save two to three seconds a day, all of a sudden I've picked up a couple minutes, more minutes where I can, I don't know, talk to a friend, read a good book, maybe even spend it outside, just enjoying the day, anything. So throughout your routine, think, think, take the time, the little extra time it takes to think about how you could be doing things more efficiently and then put it into practice. And over time, the idea here is that you reduce the amount of time you're doing things you don't like to do and you increase the amount of time you're doing things you love. Now, the way this ties back into becoming a better communicator is what I love is becoming a better communicator. And I've noticed that with my short form videos and maybe even as a communicator in general, the best thing that I could do is that creative process where I'm just thinking about how to use the best phrases, the best strategies, the best words, and I'm reorganizing it in my mind. Every little detail of my routine that I don't like doing that I'm able to speed up gives me more time where I'm able to be in that creative state where I'm playing around with ideas and words and phrases and figuring out how to communicate an idea as well as I possibly can. Then I get to put that into action and I get to actually create something. And the thing that I create 
is now better because I took a little extra time during that creative process because I moved the mouse underneath the keyboard instead of putting the keyboard underneath the mouse. Think about that. What you create is improved by your ability to think, to think. Yeah, I think it's that simple. And it's very exciting because what this means is as you continue to do this, your life will just become more and more meaningful because you'll be creating better and better things and you'll be getting better and better yourself. You want to optimize your individual betterment. And that's, I think that's the summary of the day. Today, much better than yesterday because I was able to learn the lessons from yesterday, put them into practice, and I ended up with, I ended up creating the same amount of things. I created them better and I was enjoying it the entire time. I'm, I can tell I don't completely understand these concepts yet, but it's definitely something that I'm going to continue to think about moving forward because I think I'm on to something here.